previously on Anything Goes. I mean, that's the trick to sort of get your opinion and make it funny enough that so people don't even realize that they're learning something along the way. Well, at some point, you have to examine what your opinions really are and why you're doing certain jokes, which is something that I had to reckon with because I sort of came from a tradition of of uh, confrontational comedy, of, uh, of provoking audiences and, and, and creating uh, a, a sort of like, you know, a challenge. Right. And, and then, you know, if you're an angry person and you have to decide what are you really angry about? Are you really angry about what you're talking about or are you just angry? Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there's something about doing self-righteous material that it creates a, a, a sense of, of self up there that you can walk off and go, see, they're fucking stupid. Yeah. They didn't get me. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, like, I, see, I showed them or whatever. But, but, you know, I think deeper than that with my own personal experience is like, well, why are you doing that? Is that an emotional problem or do you really believe that shit? And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Don't touch that dial. It was molested, and it brings back horrible memories. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Okay, we're recording. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm all that, all that crazy kerfuffle and uh, and and, okay. and funny banter, the back and forth between yeah over over our uh, computer issues. It's oh, it was all caught on tape. Right, right. That's funny. That's that, that's very. Uh, it's, I, I read this thing about all these phrases that aren't really relative anymore. Like, even like caught on tape, send in a tape. Right. Broken record player that all these that all these kids don't understand anymore. But Even hang up the phone. Nobody hangs up the phone. That's true. Yeah. Everybody just pushes a button. But they still have little kids playing with those toy old phones, and they still seem to figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, there was the old when you had like a flip phone and you could snap it shut. That was okay. kind of this. That was kind of the same satisfaction of like an old slam the phone down. Right, but the I mean, could, is really unsatisfying if you're mad. Like, right, it's the old joke about getting a, into a fight while you're camping. Yeah. And you can't slam the flap of a tent to right. show how angry you are. Like, <laughs> fuck you. No. There are no bears around here. <laughs> now, now you asked me if I was going to get a flu shot, and I said I, I'm not 100 sure if I'm uh, sorry. A COVID, uh, I'm going to get a flu shot, but we were talking about a COVID uh, vaccine. And what do you think, uh, Jenny? Would you get a COVID, uh, COVID vaccine? Yeah, I mean, I'll get it. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I used to do, like, drugs, like, when I was young. So I don't understand, like, how I, I could be all, like, prudish, like, I don't know what's in it or whatever. Like, it can't be worse right? than whatever I've done. My, so if it'll help things along, I, yeah, I'm fine with that. Like, I've... It's well, I mean, they, Dave, what about you, Dave? You've done drugs. Would you just uh, blindly? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, but this is a brand new drug that only that's only just been tested. So Ooh, listen to uh, Huey Lewis. Well, um, I've done look. that before testing drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I well, I always knew my dealers too. I never bought, bought oh. anything off the street. Yeah, right. So. I'll be dead, so it doesn't matter. Is what I'm getting. At. <laughs> yeah, and, and usually the guy that I bought it from also had done it as well. So if he was still alive, then, you know, I felt fairly confident in what but I was what if, uh, what if I could show you a couple articles that your dealer probably dealt with some people that weren't good people? Would you still buy from that dealer? Well, I don't really buy from a dealer anymore. Now I buy from the government, which I uh, guess in turn is dealer. me doing the, uh, uh, the, the same thing now as uh, going to uh, get a, a flu shot because those are... Those aren't independent labs. They're, well, I guess they're independent labs that are making it, but it has to get government approved, doesn't it? 
Yeah, but they're just guessed at it every year, right? Like there's different mutations of the flu. So they right. just guess at it anyways. It's a new thing every year. And that would be the same with this, right? Like they're always kind of made and put out in a hurry, aren't they? Yes. Yes. You know, the nature of, of it that, you know, you need one, so you make one. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, they'll have a, like a trial run, but and, and the, that they've already supposedly done. Yeah. But then the first people that take it, that'll be the real trial run. And then they'll have a better idea of it. So, I mean, I mean, well, I don't know if there's going to be a flu vaccine every year that you're supposed to take and a covid vaccine every year that you're supposed to take. Uh -huh. I have a feeling that that'll probably be it. Right. But I mean, I just think with the amount of like, you know, I mean, Jenny McCarthy and her wonderful tits gave us all this sort of like she she started the whole wave of uh, anti-vaxxers and even though that every doctor she referenced had been debunked or was proven to be a part of some uh sort of scientific laboratory that was associated with that doctor that approved that message for that vaccine so it's sort of like you have these whole waves of anti-vaxxers as well so it's like you know nobody nobody's gonna yeah, no, nobody's going to play along completely. Yeah. I, I've always trusted vaccines. It's never done me wrong. I don't know anybody that's really been done wrong by a vaccine. I've gotten the flu anyways. I've had that happen. Well, yeah. That's, they've always said that's a possibility. It's, right, right. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a superpower no. you know, that, that, that guards it all off 100%. Yeah. But, but I don't know anybody that was crippled or anything by... No, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's one or two horror stories out there. Just like, uh, you know, just I don't know, like, maybe, maybe a dealer gave you too much stuff that you couldn't walk for a while, but you kept on going back. Yeah, but that's what I paid for, so. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, but part-time part -time crippled is what you're looking for. Yeah, well, everybody's looking to be part-time crippled for uh, at the yeah. end of a long work week. Long you know? work week, I got a shop, I want to close your parking spot. Part-time crippled, I get it. <laughs> No, I think now you're abusing your crippledness. Yes. So, and, uh, but I, I, I yeah, I, I don't, it's, you know, oh, you're supposed to take vitamins every day and there's lots of people that don't do that. You know, you're not supposed to, antiperspirants are bad because they have aluminum in it, but there's a, still a huge section of the grocery store, not grocery store, but, you know, drugstore yeah. that has yeah. those. So sure. it's like. I still do all those bad things, so. Yeah. This, <laughs> you know, right. because well, won't it like speed this along? Isn't that what it's for, right? Like, if we if we take it, then we won't be wearing masks for the next three to five years, or what? Or will we always be wearing I, masks? That that still uh, that still hasn't been confirmed. I, I don't know about that. We may still be wearing masks out in public for years to come, even if the COVID vaccine comes out, because there'll still be a portion of the population that will not get it. And then they'll be branded with a number on their arm or whatever thing they're talking about doing yeah. to separate to separate people. But I think we're still going to be wearing masks for a few years. I don't like that. So like I don't know what's my motivation. I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't. Uh, I don't have a problem taking it. I don't worry that much about COVID. I probably don't worry enough about COVID. Like I take all the precautions. I do all the stuff. But. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that I ran out a little earlier with the whole like when I re when I realized that this was going to be the new normal, this was going to be forever. I don't know. It's, uh, well, it's yeah. just you know, like for me, my son, um, a classmate of his got COVID, mm -hmm. so my son has had to self quarantine for fourteen days at the house. He had a test a week ago. He's a test later today. He was negative last week, and he'll probably be negative today. But you know, it does it does suck. But it's two weeks. He's not you know. Yeah. I had the same thing with mine. She was only in for three or four days when somebody in her class got COVID. And right. I had to keep her home for 14 days right after she started. She basically had her first couple of days and then right. she had to stay home. So, yeah, it's, I, you know, it's a huge pain in the ass. Um, but we did get tested and we were clean. And uh, the school seems to be really keeping on top of that. I don't know. The weird, the weird thing to me is the way they projected it in the media, at least in the beginning, it's like this long thing almost touches your brain. It's the most uncomfortable thing. And then I'm sitting across from my son when he gets the test and it was literally just a Q-tip. It looked like it maybe went up an inch into his nose. He said, I barely felt it and we were gone in 30 seconds. Okay. That was deep for me. Yeah. I mean, the first one that I had was a bit shocking and my eyes kind of watered a bit, but then I'm, you know, I've had... Uh, 
I'm going for a test today, and then uh, I think this will be test number either 13 or 14. So it's like Dave gets yeah. around. Yeah, man. Woo! Every, every film set you have to work on, you get you get a, a test for it. So it's like. You know, but they, my question, my question is, Dave, from the very first time you got it to the last one you got it, are they maybe not going as far up? Like maybe they figured out a way that they don't need to go as far. Like I wonder. Um, I I don't know. I think, but I've had some that are really gentle, and yeah. then some that are they they shove it a bit more. I think it's maybe it's the discretion of the person that's giving the test. I got no fucking right. idea. But right, um, as a new bomber, <laughs> I'm going to bring that up one more time because I was already aware of how far that goes back. Because sometimes right. I've, I've had to stuff them, and the first time it was absolutely shocking how far back that goes. I don't know where I should have stopped. I guess I got it to just stop. But no, that's a that's a good passage. I didn't like the test. I didn't enjoy it. Well, I don't think I, you're supposed to enjoy it. But. Yeah, I don't think it's a Friday night ritual. All right. Night, yeah, let's get hammered and go get yeah. tested. Woo! <laughs> it wasn't great for the kids, though. I, you know, I was. Yeah. They well, got a lot better than I was. But the, what's what's funny is that they they stick the thing up your nose and then they spin it around a bit and then they take it out and then you put and then if you put your mask back on and then there's just the idea of something being shoved up your nose and sort of tickling the back of your nasal cavity and then you sneeze because you just had something up there and then she and then whoever's giving you the test like spins around and looks at you like you're the fucking exorcist i'm like you just had a thing up my nose naturally i'm gonna you know sneeze that's happens mm -hmm. so it's just all like i don't i i remember one so for me i've always had one nostril or, or one area always blocked i've never had both clear my whole life so uh at one point i had sleep at i still have sleep apnea but when i first went and got tested i had to go see another doctor about why that is the case and he stood in front of me and he's talking to me and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he takes his camera on a on a like a a long metal kind of uh, tube and he shoves it in my nose all the way up like as far and it almost felt like it tickled my brain and i'm literally shaking and he's holding me and he pulls it out and he's like yeah no you're okay and i'm like shouldn't you have told me first that you're going to do that like it was literally like he fucking nose raped me without even saying to me i'm gonna do this to you and my wife is in the room and she's just shocked like she's like i can't believe what i just fucking saw yeah. And they, they didn't tell me anything. And it was the worst feeling I've had next to kidney stones. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah, you don't want that for a surprise. You no. For a surprise. That's very intimate. That's that's places that you haven't been. And right. Nobody needs to go. But uh, usually. Like, you know, take me to dinner, hold my hand, oh, and then let me, let me say I'm into it. Then you yeah. can do that. Yeah. When did, you, when did you find out that you have uh, sleep apnea? Like, if you didn't have, like, if you didn't have a wife or, or someone that you slept with regularly, right? Would you? How long do you think you could have lived your life without knowing that you had sleep apnea? I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going for a test for like a sleep study test in a little while because, right? First, I, of all, first of all, you're lucky because in Toronto they're pretty on top of it. Uh, like in other areas like Barrie, it's like a six-month waiting list just to do that sleep test. Um, but to answer your question, I knew I snored, and I knew that I was waking up tired. So that's the, that's the sign right there. And I knew I should have gotten tested, and that's when I started to think, okay, I'll go get tested. And then when I did, so the way it works is it, it's based on how many times you wake up per hour. And then they'll tell you whether you're in sleep apnea. That's one of the big things. And it turned out that I woke up 45 to 50 times an hour. Well, so in reality, I never actually slept more than a minute at a time. I kept on losing breath. That's when they're like, yeah, you're, you're sleep apnea. This is the, the one, when the guy, it was a small guy, does it for a living. He puts all the electrodes on you. They're not supposed to tell you. You're supposed to get the information from the doctor. But he literally came in the room the next morning and said, like he had this look of like a ghost. He said, I'm, I can't tell you anything, but I will tell you this. I've never measured someone that high. Was he holding a pillow right above you? And he didn't yes. say, do you want to sleep forever? Yes. And do you want a good sleep? Yes. This, you then, haven't probably slept in 30 years. Do you want, yes, do you yes. want to go now? And okay. then he assumed my identity. 
Then he assumed my identity, and you are now talking to that person. Uh, nobody would assume your identity. <laughs> no, trust me. Even even ten years ago, nobody wanted it. No. But anyways, it was it was bad, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 a real thing, and I think my wife has it now. The main thing is, if you wake up after like an eight hour sleep and you're still tired on a regular basis, you probably have sleep apnea. You should give. She should get the sleep apnea vaccine. If you gave it to her, how dare yeah. you? I know. But so, uh, I, is it just a matter of just waking up tired? Like, because I wake up tired every day. Then you probably have sleep apnea. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm sure I have it, and I I don't wake up tired. But um, I don't know. I didn't snore my whole life. Nobody's ever told me I snored. I put on a lot of weight this year. That's the a thing. A lot of weight, and that'll do it, right? Um, yes. But in our last apartment, it was a basement apartment, and the girl upstairs, or my landlord, she started complaining to me that I was like shaking the house with my snoring. Right. Wow. The first I ever heard of it was in January, and I don't want to know. I don't. I, that's probably not a good thing to do. But I haven't. I should go get tested. Yes. Because I'm sure that I probably am. If it's that bad, and I asked the kids, and they were like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like you know. But yeah, just the last few months, really. But yeah, it's it's apparently a sudden. I feel fine when I wake up. I don't know about it, but every morning I would get texts from her, like, you know, you were sleeping again last night. I was looking sorry, like. Yeah, I sleep, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like my father, my father had it and we knew it was bad. And before he got his sleep apnea machine, he, we, we would, uh, he'd leave the window open in the summer cause we didn't have air conditioning and the neighbor would leave their window open. It was only about a, you know, a six foot gap between the houses and they left their window open to like one of their kids' rooms, and the, the, my dad snoring scared the children next door. That's how loud it was. Wow. And so he went and got tested. He's had a sleep apnea machine for thirty years now, probably, and he said it's like night and day. Every person I've ever met that's had a sleep apnea machine, like Howard Dover, Jean Paul, all these comics, they say it's night and day. Because it they, wasn't discovered, right? It wasn't discovered much more before thirty years ago. Yes, yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that in the Roseanne reboot where, you know, Dan and Roseanne both woke up in bed and they both had their sleep apnea mask. Yep. Because, you know, everybody's parents have them pretty much, I guess. Like, yep. you know, it seems to be when, not if. Well, know. I mean, what now? But, okay, so if they've only, if sleep apnea has only been a thing for like 30 years, mm -hmm. or just the idea of diagnosing it. Right. Because, okay, then probably my dad has it. Because I remember him being a horrible snorer. Yeah. And I just keep on thinking, like, the amount of people that have just put up with someone snoring yes. over the years and never been yes. like, oh, you're a snorer. I'll just have to get used to this. A lot of people died before they knew about it, you know? Yes. It was yes. kind of... Oh, they died in their sleep. Right. Like, spontaneous for no reason. But um, if you got to go, go in your sleep, I think. so. That's why I don't want to get tested. I'm like, that sounds... That sounds... And to be... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if I can be asleep while having sex and then die, it's like it's that's the way. Yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want to like pass that up and then die horribly, right? Yeah, right. right. If you gotta go, go in your sleep, or, yeah. or at least go in your sleep while. <laughs> yeah, um, I uh, I just keep thinking that it's. I mean, but, okay, when you were when when Jenny, when people told you that you did not snore, were those usually guys that you've slept with? <laughs> I feel like I would have known just, you know, my parents or sleepovers oh. or anything. Right. Like somebody would have said something. Oh. Um, but yeah, I gained like 100 pounds in like a year and a half. But that is... A weight a is a huge, a huge factor. Yeah. So I've, I've lost 40 pounds yeah. and my wife says that I barely snore anymore now. Really? Oh, okay. I guess that, I guess that's, uh, that's most of it. But it's not always big people. I no, 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 no. But, but it's, I was surprised. I thought it was until I saw a few, you know, just, you know, small women in their 50s or something. Like, it seems to be, we should probably all be sleeping with those machines, but. Well, I mean. Well, that's, I what, that's what the machines want. That's what <laughs> yeah, the machines yeah. want. Yeah. Big machine is after. Yeah. After so we can just sleep all the time. But what, yeah, what, 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 what I just, I don't, I'm like, how big is the machine? Because I toss and turn a lot. And I would worry about getting the thing wrapped in my neck, and then I just choke myself in my I'd sleep. I would hate it. I'm sure. So I, yeah. Anyway, so the machine is about the size of a small toaster. Okay. And and uh, actually, maybe about you know what? They're about the size of a, a, a clock radio. Is a better analogy. Mm -hmm. A little bit bigger clock radio, 
And yeah, the tube is about six feet long. And so you're always kind of trying to sleep on the side that's beside the bed. Right. You can kind of turn over a bit, but it's kind of uncomfortable. And you just have to retrain yourself to sleep with this thing on your head. Now, there's different versions of it. There's one where it covers the whole face, and that's not so bad for me. The one where it just shoots air up your nose all the time, I couldn't handle. It was just yeah. too much. See, I remember I, I actually I did my own sleep study with Darren Frost in Los Angeles when you he did. slept on the floor. Yes. And uh, Darren uh, snores very loudly, and, yep. and when he slept, he would actually cover his face like this. Yes. And yes. as if he was so used to getting woken up by someone hitting him in the face. Yes. And I just thought, well, that's a product of having kids, I guess, of just yes. slapping your dad awake yeah. to get him to feed you or something like that. But I just thought that was the most, it was, it was like. Sleep in the different <laughs> well, well, it's also, you know, what happens is it's easy with sleep apnea with no kids. Because you go to bed and you don't wake up again until you want to get up. Yeah. But it's really hard. When you're up, especially with the health problems my son's had, I'm not complaining, but I was getting up four or five times a night for my kids. It's hard. It's a hard thing to keep putting that mask on and then trying to fall back asleep with a mask on, taking it off, going, dealing with something, putting it on. So I kind of fell out of favor with my sleep apnea machine. Uh, I should get kids. back into it. And, yeah, and my kids, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, do, do they have designer masks? Like, can you get like a... One with like a, like a bedazzler or a cosplay yeah, or FBR, I don't know, Dave, but that's a great idea. You could make a lot of fucking money with that. And I'm not even joking. Yeah. Well, you know, if you yeah, that's well, that was the normalize it, right? Just uh, you know, people, everybody should have like this, this. Like this, it's it's not so much a uh, it's a cover that goes over the mask. That's what you could sell. So yeah. you could have like a leather one for them in the S and M, and they could just unhook the tube and then just come at them with this fucking Looks like thing a ball on their bag. Face. Looks yeah. Like a ball bag. Well, so so is there, there's a one that shoots air up your nose. Yes, it's like two prongs. Right. It just goes inside your nose and it sits over your nose, but almost the size of like a clown nose thing. I don't okay. Know. So, I mean, so could you have one that, like, if you wanted to catch, like, a solid, like, 20 minutes, it could shoot something up your nose to put you asleep. Yeah. And then, like, a half an hour later, it shoots something else up your nose, and that wakes you up. So if you have, like, if you have, like, a 40-minute no. sort of subway ride, then you could just sort of, like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. and then you go so back to work. Poke in it and just have poke shoot yeah. up your nose. Can you yeah. do that? Yes. Smoke or paint in it? Coke. Smoke or coke? Cocaine. Cocaine. Just put a little yeah. bit and just shoots it yeah. right through your nose. Boom, you're up. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah I don't know if that would be really make me want to go back to my factory job or my job that I hate. And I'll just, no. I'd probably just be like, hey, let's do cocaine all day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go to work. Who wants to do that? No. Uh, but, uh, but I think there's something in there. I think there's a... I'll, I'll yeah, there's something that. in there. It's air and your ability not to die in sleep. That's what's in there. Uh, well, if you gotta go, it's like it was Kenny Rogers said in the Gambler song. Yeah. Die in your yeah. sleep. Like, yeah. I can't directly quote Kenny Rogers, but I don't think he says that. But that's okay. Hey, <laughs> Dad, I think yeah, the best thing you can hope for is to die in your sleep in the Gambler. Oh, that what he says? Okay. Yeah, all right. something like that. I know the chorus. That's it. That's all I know. Well, yeah. My grandfather used to snore horribly, and he would do that thing like that thing. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was eating. It was so cute. You would just yeah. do that, and he'd roll over, and he'd start again. Oh, know. Grandpa, don't die. You're so cute. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know he was dying at the time, yeah. but like, <laughs> I thought it was no, I, I had well, a, snore, I had a, The idea of snoring, snoring is your body stopping breathing and then trying to force itself to restart. That's okay, really what snoring is. Bad. Yes. Snoring is uh, bad. Okay. I've, I've, I've been told that like I had a, I had a girlfriend for, uh, uh, for many, many years, and uh, she had a horrible snoring habit. And then it would be literally, she would snore like an electric pencil sharpener. Like oh, it yeah. was just like, I was always surprised that her own snoring did not wake her up because it was so fucking loud. Yep. And then I would shove her and then she would sort of like be quiet for a couple of set minute or two and then go right back to it. Mm -hmm. And it was just so terrible. But I mean, I guess I like if if she was drinking and then she passed out and then started snoring, I, I would always just try to tell myself, well, on the bright side, I know that she's still alive. But right. yeah. other than that, yeah. it was a pretty... Uh, yeah, that's, you're, you know, you're a romantic at heart, Dave. That's what you are. <laughs> I try to find the positive her. in everything, I think. Yeah, so. sure.
Hey, this is Christopher Titus. You are listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. And it, it actually is radio and really not Anything Goes. But we get close. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I wanted to ask about, because we were t- before shooting this, we were we were talking through Messenger, and I brought up the idea of guilty pleasures. And I know you had an actual podcast at one time, Dave, called Guilty Pleasures. I sure and, did. Yeah, and so I know you probably uh, talked a lot about this, but Jenny, you said you have a guilty pleasure, which I find very interesting. And and what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, I've been watching every episode of Doctor Phil since the year two thousand when it started. I, I don't think I've ever missed an episode up until this year because I haven't been able to figure out how to like watch it on the internet. He's right. locked his shit up on me. So I've gone through withdrawals. It's been really hard, but I love watching Dr. Phil. And it's not so much him, you know, it's not that I like worship at the altar of Dr. Like he's usually right, but it's pretty easy. I just, I like to see the trash, I guess. I like to see, you know, dirty laundry and all that. So I... I- I used to watch Dr. Phil when I had cable. I don't have cable anymore. And what I would do is I would fold my laundry to it because it helped me get my laundry done faster. Uh, but So I did watch it for about a year and a half, two years on a daily basis because that's what, you know, you got laundry, you got things to do in the house. It's background noise. And this was during the era of the Cash Me Outside when she came on. And I guess it was a kind of one of his peak moments of, of the show. I know there's always like kind of hills and valleys to the show. And uh, I kind of just grew tiresome of how similar each episode was. It's kind of like Judge Judy. You know, Judge Judy, there's really only about six cases, and they run them all through. And then you're like, oh, this is a celebrity. The guy from the Sex Pistols, Johnny Rotten's on this one. Okay, that's cool. (laughs) You know, that's fine. But Dr. Phil, it seemed like he had about 12 different episodes, and that's it. Yeah, it's true. My favorite Uh, always... Sorry, my, my favorite is always with Dr. Phil whenever he tries to like, uh, he, he tries to like sort of wedge in uh, both uh, his son's Jay's publishing company. Oh, always, yeah. And his wife Robin's uh, line charity of work. beauty products yeah. and charity work. He's always there like, well, first of all, my son Jay has a publishing company <laughs> and he recently put out a book that told you, and then I was just like, oh, really? You just happened to... Yeah. Name drop your son's publishing company that I'm sure you have a stake in as well. And it was, well, my wife, Robin, she has some beauty products. We're going to give you a whole supply. She'll take the last 20 minutes of the show on her damn oh, yes. questions. Oh, and yes. Stuff. And she had so much plastic surgery. She looks so medically fragile. Lotion has nothing to do with the way that Robin is aging at all. No, she looks like she's in a wind tunnel all the time. Nightmare. I have a real problem with her, especially when she started taking the last third of the show to peddle her shit. That's that's when I reached my threshold. Yeah, like, isn't there a family you can fuck up? Give me back that 20 minutes. Exactly. I find if you if you PVR the show, yes. not, don't tape it, PVR it, uh, you can just basically watch the first segment and then and the last segment. Yes, yes. And then there's a whole 40 minutes of shit in between Yep. just stringing you along in between. and uh, <laughs> or, or, you know what you can do now, if you can find versions on the internet, you can actually set the speed to double time so Dr. Phil speaks at a normal uh, level of speed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So instead of, instead of like, my son Phil, it'd be more like, my son Phil, he's a good guy, he does this, he does this, he does this. So he sounds more like this guy's trying to sell you something. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, or a South Park character doing yeah. the show. Yeah. But he's got some good little catchphrases. He does. The, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, just it, it, it's so funny. People always talk about the qualifications of Dr. Phil, which, you know, you yeah. can always debate what qualification. If you're just a good listener and you can give good advice, oh, yeah, yeah. what qualifications do you need? But yeah. first of all, he's not a real, he's not a doctor in California. So that's why he can't really, he always gets someone else to come in yes. and, and yes. take care of you. And he yeah. went to the same university as, uh, Don Henley and Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, you know, he went to the University of, not the University of Texas, of North Texas. So it's just like his qualifications are questionable. But if you're a good listener, what's the big deal? You yeah, he's just giving you common sense. He's just saying what you probably must already know. He doesn't have a lot of, uh, what do you call it, where they look bad. 
Uh, like he doesn't check in on his guests. Well, no, there's very few follow-up episodes for a reason. Yeah, because if you start deep diving on the internet, you'll realize that a lot of people are, are either uh, not upset, but regretful they went on the show. It didn't yeah. really do anything. Uh, you know, it's 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 a very similar kind of pattern to all these shows. ones that were mean. I think that he tries to maintain some kind of a standard. You know, he's not Jerry Springer, but I've seen ones that were in poor taste. He had Shelley Duvall on. You remember, you know, from The Shining? Yeah. And he, she's schizophrenic and she looks horrible. She's gained so much weight. She doesn't make sense. She's just terribly schizophrenic. Is she and single? He, well, yeah, she's single. She's okay. single. One of her is. Uh, One yeah, of her is, uh, yeah. That, that served no purpose. He tried to talk her into going into treatment, and it didn't work. And she just wanted to warn us about aliens. It was sad. Like, it wasn't It wasn't okay. Or he had one with a kid that he kept talking about was uh, addicted to video games. Mm -hmm. And he kind of made him out to be a spoiled, rotten kid. But the kid was obviously, like, autistic and having real problems that the doctor was right. kind of, you know, and that, that family was pissed off. They were like, that was. Well, I think we should just take a hammer and smash your hands. Yeah. I always love, I always love when he tries to be, he wants to be cool to a young person. That's when he'll also bring up his son. Well, I don't know if you know, my son's in a rock band. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm okay with that. It's a cool rock band. Yeah. I'm a cool guy. I can tell you what you need. Look at my son. My son's in a rock band. Well, my son, he's into erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> he puts a belt around his neck and he yeah. turns off. I'm okay with it. I'm okay I mean, with it. You're okay with it. I mean, he told me about it. And I said, well, you can do what you got to do, but I should be in the room. <laughs> now I'm in the room and I watch him masturbate. You know, he comes like a fire hose. It's yeah. incredible. I think I'm going to try. And my wife, Robin, you know. <laughs> She's got a cream for that. She's got a cream that helps him out. Come on out, Robin. Bring my rock and roll son out here. Let's show the kids how it's done. <laughs> They're called the jerk offs. The uh, uh, but what? Uh, but there's a whole culture of these shows. Doctor Drew rehab, celebrity rehab, celebrity rehab house. I mean, there's a decade of these kinds of shows. Yeah, I don't. I I, I, might pro I have a problem with Doctor Drew. I think he's really feeding into. Uh, I mean. I mean, the the celebrity rehab is the worst one because people are addicted to fame. Right. And there is, and you never reach the top of the mountain in fame. You can always get knocked down. You just, right. keep, there's no cure for it, you know, other than just being happy to be yourself, I suppose. But um, uh, it's just like, I, I think if, you, you know, I, I think if someone has a real addiction, I don't know if going, you know, fishing with Gary Busey is going to help it out. You know, I don't think that's right. Or, yeah. or, you know, going off horseback riding to someone who's addicted to, like, yeah. social media or crystal meth or something like that. I don't know. I just... Yeah. My, my, they don't get better either. Dr. Drew's people don't get better. Um, right. Well, and it's sort of like he's in the business of people coming back to him. Yeah. So, of course, he want, doesn't want people to get really that cured, but... Well, I mean, that's the argument that they don't want to cure cancer, right? Right. You know, it's like the big business doesn't want to cure because then there's nothing... Now. Oh shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Christine Von Hagen, comic extraordinaire. You're listening to Laugh Attack. No. Shit. Hi, this is Christine Von Hagen. I'm a comic, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost, also Kathleen and Dave, on XM Radio. Lucky you. For them. My favorite Dr. Phil moment is. Um, have, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll post, I'll put the clip on this episode. I, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, have you heard of bum fights? Yeah, I knew you were going to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the bum fights was a thing in the early 2000s where these guys would just go up to homeless men and offer them 20 bucks to, like, jump through a window or get into a fist fight with each other or, you know, eat a piece of glass or do some crazy shit on camera. And, of course, you know, these homeless people would need 20 bucks. And so they would do it. They'd film it. And uh, was it exploitive? Sure it was. Is Dr. Phil exploitive? Yes, it is as well. Right. But so he was going to get the, he got the guy from the, from bum fights to come on his show. And the guy from bum fights dressed up 
exactly like Dr. Phil. Like he put a suit on like oh, yeah, Dr. Phil, he put the mustache on like Dr. Phil, and uh, he got the hair. And like Dr. Phil, of course he played the intro to the segment, but and then Dr. Phil came out and then confronted the guy who looked exactly like him and yeah. told him to get off the stage. Yeah. But it was just like a service to the homeless people. I'm turning these people into something special. I'm motivating them, inspiring them. I believe our customers are infatuated with watching our videos because there's a lot of people that are addicted to violence. They want to see homeless people doing crazy things, something that this world needs. For example, one guy, he was a crackhead and his teeth were bothering him. So we got him a pair of pliers and we ripped one of his teeth out. And he just wanted a bottle of JD. There are lines that I don't cross. I don't do hardcore porn and I don't deal with death footage. We don't just sit there and give them our pocket change and say, good luck. We put them to work. There was a homeless guy. We said, what would you do if he gave you some money? He said, I'd eat a raw frog. So we went to the Asian market, got a raw frog, and he ate it on the sidewalk. <laughs> we paid him 20 bucks. I've made multi-millions off the Bumpfights video series. I'm not surprised at my success. It's a sick world. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. I don't want to talk to you. Why not? That's despicable. I don't want to talk to you. You can go. You can go. If you if you think if you if you think I exploit people, every time you bring a guest on this show, you exploit them and spread whatever problems they have to the whole world. You think that's helping them? Yeah, keep telling yourself that. You can go. Right. You know what? Who do you think you are, huh? Bye. Come on. Huh? Come on. No, I'm not finished talking to you. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Sorry, but that I, I just watched that footage, and that is absolutely despicable, and I refuse to publicize that. I'm just not going to He clearly could not have a serious dialogue about this ridiculous topic. I think what I saw on these screens is absolutely despicable. I think it's deplorable, and I think it is an insult to my intelligence and those of my viewers for somebody to stand up and say, I'm trying to help people by doing this. Even in that moment, it's like, Dr. Phil, you knew this guy. It's of not course. like he was blindfolded. Doctor, it's not like blind, Dr. Phil was blindfolded backstage, and as soon as he went out on stage, then he saw the guy. So it's like Dr. Phil wanted to still have a moment on TV. And it wasn't and it wasn't based on the guy's answers to questions where Dr. Phil finally went, you know what? I thought this might be a waste of time. This is a waste of time. You've given me nothing. You know, that, that's, that's also different because Anderson Cooper did that with the Barbie girl, right? The Barbie girl was out talking. He tried, he gave her a little bit of room, and then it was a shutdown, and he just kicked her off the show. So I've seen a lot of that kicking off the show. But yeah, you're right. Dr. Phil knows exactly. If nobody told Dr. Phil he's dressed up like Dr. Phil, then someone at Dr. Phil should be fired. Well, but, I mean, Dr. Phil at the same time was sort of like, well, I'm, we're still going to melt this and have a moment out of it. Right. It still made it on TV. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but Dr. Phil didn't look good. Like, that guy got the best Dr. Phil. That's oh, of the course. closest I've ever seen to anybody get. He doesn't need free advertising. Well, yeah, free yeah. advertising. He didn't even, that, like you said, they could have squashed it. They could have never ran it. But, you know, soccer moms across America and Darren Frost and Jenny would not even know what bum fights is. You know, like they wouldn't know, but you still had to introduce it. So it, it, as far as I don't agree with bump fights, I would give that guy a fucking win. Oh, yeah. From a marketing standpoint, that's a fucking smart move. He absolutely won that episode of Dr. Phil, and Dr. Phil wins every other episode of Dr. Phil. It's no different <laughs> than Ashley Madison. People get mad at Ashley Madison, and you can whether you agree with it or disagree with it, that's fine. But I will tell you, those guys and gals, whoever does the marketing for them, are smart motherfuckers. But the way that they get so much free advertising, like they'll they'll find somewhere that wants to rename their uh, their arena and they'll put a bid in to call it AshleyMadison.com arena and they'll be serious about it with the money and then the fucking press will get onto it and they'll get all this free press and they'll shut it down and they never had to spend a dime. 
But now everyone in Texas knows who Ashley Madison is and what they're offering. Right. No different than this fucking bum fights guy. But yeah. Then, well, yeah, and, and the bum fights guy, you know, he he said to Doctor Phil, "You're exploiting. If I'm exploiting these people in bum fights, you're exploiting these people every day on your show for ratings." 100%. 100%. And you know, there's no follow up. And that Cash Me Outside girl, she's as much as I think that she's like a horrible. I, I mean, like she's a product part. of social media, and she's a product of television and the internet, I like and then she's milked this whole her appearance. Yes, and she's made a career out of it, and it's sort of like, you know, I mean, she apparently she went to that rehab place that Doctor Phil told her to go to, but then as soon as she left, she just went back to her old way. So and got famous. Yeah, yeah. So she's it's rich, and she's rich, and now she, you know, the rest of her life will be either good or bad. It's up to her now. But you know, because of Doctor Phil. Dr. Phil, I think that should be the number one thing whenever brought up about Dr. Phil and what he's done. Yeah. Just all, everyone should just say, cash me outside. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah I mean, that's that, that, failure yeah. and his baby success. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much success you have to put into a pot to justify cash me outside. No. No. I mean, but, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't, has anyone checked in on Honey Boo Boo lately? I mean, I don't know if. Like I, I have. I've tried a few months ago. She lost some weight. She's supposedly looking better. But I mean, I, I was I was so against that show. Yeah. I'm like people used to really not like my comments on Miley Cyrus when she was uh, under 18. And my point always was with Miley Cyrus, I never blamed Miley Cyrus. I blamed her father and her parents, especially her father, because her dad was in show business and he knew what show business was and what they would and could do. Yeah, he ran her. He was right. Her. He right. Was. And so, you know, a 14-year-old on the cover of Vanity Fair in a sexy outfit, I don't agree with, and I think it's wrong. I also thought Honey Boo Boo, that show, and I said it on one of my DVDs, it's just a fucking horrible, horrible show that you're fist-fucking the dreams out of a little girl. That's literally what you're doing because she's not going to have a normal life. She may be wealthy. She may be famous. She will not have a normal life. No. Yeah, but, but from poverty, they're 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 Georgia backwoods, yeah, or paper shack people. Who wouldn't take them? If like that's of that's, that's a legitimate way to get out, right? As, as any, but you're right. She's a kid. She, but you know, that's just. But if you grow, if you grow up in that environment, you're not going to know anything different. You're not going to know what a normal life is. Exactly. I mean, that's why I'm like, uh, I mean. That's why I'm, I don't like uh, child actors that grow up because they never know what it's like to make a real friend because right. they, they're surrounded by people that kiss their ass and yes. depend on them for a job. So you're not going to know what it's like to actually win someone over as a as like a person. So or or uh, or, or even once the exact opposite happens, Dave. They've had their ass kissed till a certain age. Right. They never had to make a real friend till a certain age. Then the fucking phone stops ringing and they've got nothing going on in their life. And now they have no social skills to make a real friend. Or they're always thinking, you're only my friend because I'm that person. Yeah. And that fucks them up. So there's a no win on either side of that argument. Yeah. yeah. Well, and always whether you are or not, like they're going to, you know, they're, they're always going to feel like maybe, you know, he's like just here because I'm the, you know, catch me outside girl. Like, <laughs> it's always up to the parents. It really is. You can name a bunch of people that were child actors that grew up fine. Fine, you know, within reason. Sure. And then there'll be a ton of Dano Platos and Todd Bridges and sure. Gary Coleman's, you know, like people whose parents weren't always there and had their best interests at heart outside of the money. You know, there, there's always going to be that. I have mixed feelings about Drew Barrymore, but she's really, she's really, like, she was doing cocaine at 10 years old. Oh, I've funny. never heard of that. I've never crazy. heard of that yeah. from anybody else. It's crazy. She's, she's really, she's really, I didn't used to like her because I, I don't know, she, I didn't like, I don't like women that act like babies. It's just what she did for a while, but you know. That, oh, I love that. Oh, you man. You like that, though. You like it, though, but I, I don't know, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, she's grown up now. She's, 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 you know, I'll accept her now. She's put in her dues and she's made a lot of movies. And 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, well, I mean, she's well. successful at being Drew Barrymore, but I, but if you still, if you watch her show, she is still completely in a bubble and yeah, uh, she's still a, a kind of a, a clueless woman. If you just sort of like the idea that I, I, it was always funny that it's like, what was that one segment on Ellen where Bill Gates was on and she was asking Bill Gates, how much are these pizza pockets? And Bill Gates was, uh, I don't know, $32. Yeah. And then everybody in the audience had a big laugh. And it was just sort of like, Ellen, you don't do your own shopping either. You couldn't tell me how much those fucking pizza pockets are either. So it's like, it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah, you can grow up pretty cute, clueless. But also, that's also your choice if you want to grow up like that, too. Yeah. So it's like, I see that. Um, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like how much they can build that fame into a career later on yeah. i mean i always kept on thinking that like who was what was the actual name of the honey boo boo show like what's up with honey boo boo or here comes honey oh here comes honey boo boo <laughs> right. yeah. i always just thought that like who the guy from vivid video was just waiting for her to turn 18 and then we could do like a oh. like a you know here, here comes come. all here oh. comes all over honey boo boo oh no they're gonna spell comes like that now <laughs> well yeah of course i'm gonna spell come c-u-m but i mean look at you know teen mom teen mom on, on mtv it was a huge show these girls at you know 14 pregnant and they're famous and they're famous and they're all they're all at the fucking mall openings and then it's done and right. then what do you you're you know you're doing porn one of them's doing porn yeah you know? that chick that chick she tried to pretend that it was a sex video that got leaked right but it, but it wasn't was a porn that she made yeah, with a porn yeah. star for yes. this purpose and yes. she got called out on that that was a little bit fun though i like that you know she's making fun. more porn and there's a follow-up show what does her mom think you know it's just a way of keeping shit going to keep famous for being famous, you know. And yeah, it was a, a Farah Abraham was her name. Yes. And uh, I mean, what's funny is that, of course, you know, she says, "Oh, this was a leaked sex tape that got out there." But I mean, even um, what's her? Uh, I mean, the big famous one that we talked last week about um, uh, the uh, Kanye West's uh, wife, oh, yeah. uh, Kim, yeah, Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I mean, they've said for a long time, "Oh, that was a leaked sex tape." But then also it's come to the surface too that like it was Chris Jenner's who idea to put the sex tape out there and that was gonna jumpstart her career and it did. So can you imagine your dad, your stepdad, being like, I think that we should film you having sex. I oh well, I don't know. I think it was the, the two of them filmed each other having sex. And then and then and then, and then one of them was like, Hey, should we put this out on and then we'll act like, oh, it's a big scandal. I mean, I think the one, the, the Tommy Lee one and Pamela Anderson on one, I think that was genuinely stolen because, yeah, uh, but then other other tapes like the Kim Kardashian and, and so on were probably pushed out there. Screeches was really gross, right? Yes. Who, who's? Screech. From Saved by the Bell. Dustin Diamond. Diamond. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see that one, but no. Saved by the Bell, and um, what did he have a Dirty Santos video or something? Yeah, and then he now he's claiming that's not really his cock, that it was a you know a stunt double cock that did all the work, and it's like you know what? And now he's complaining, so they're doing a reboot, and he's complaining he's not invited back. Well, when you write a book that supposedly had a bunch of lies that he's now admitted to, that was a ghost writer who made some shit up. Yeah, they're not going to want to fucking be with you. No. Oh yeah, well, I mean, but he's a piece of shit anyway. So. Oh yeah, you know, hey, I got screech stories. Right. He's a fucking piece of Did shit, all right. Yes. Did you meet him? Oh, uh, I met him all right. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he. Uh... He's a yeah, fucking he douchebag. I don't say that about all, many people. He is a fucking douchebag. I love that. I love that show when I was a kid. I watched that show every day. I don't know. I yeah, that was completely unrelatable to my high school experiences. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yeah if I was on that show, I'd be one. I'd be stuffed in a locker. Kids. Sorry. Okay. I said it's a show about teenagers for kids. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But how? But how old are you, Jenny? Uh, I, well, I'm 38. I was the right age. I was right. a kid. I mean, exactly. I'm the actors. I was a little yeah. kid watching 15 year olds that yes. were 20. And, um, yeah, and it's, like, it's like, you know, when you can't do that on television came out, I was too old for it, but I got why young kids watched it. I wish I could watch it through those yeah. eyes. You know, yeah. it's like watching the new Star Wars movies. If I was nine or 10 years old, I probably would think they're fucking kick ass. What? Now I watch them and I'm like, man, they're kind of lame. But, you know, watching it through a different set of eyes, you know, 
I wish I was nine years old watching Saved by the Bell and still saying he's a fucking douchebag is what I would say. Yeah. Fucking douchebag. Yeah. There always was a part of me that too was sort of like, even when I did watch uh, like a moment or two of Saved by the Bell, I was like, well, this is clearly the loser in the school. Why are they even hanging out with him? Right. It was just like, I mean, maybe, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, but I also, I never watched Degrassi going up, growing, growing up as a kid either. That was just unrelated yeah, me to me too. Me so. either, yeah. I have a friend that watched uh, the OC, you know, that one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we were too old for it. You know, we were adults and I couldn't figure out why she was still watching this shit. And I used to like bully her about it. And I would say it's for old children because it was all 25 year olds on the show. Right. Being 15 with the five o'clock shadow. And I was like, I don't understand how you can suspend your disbelief. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, we all did. I mean, look, Ralph Macchio was not really a young teenager when he did no, karate. But he, well, he's, he's special though. He's still got, he's still got the baby face. Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. he's got some Dick Clark injections that he's taking on a daily. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. Some liberal tears, I guess. I know. <laughs> have you guys watched Cobra Kai? Have you watched it, Dave? No. Yes, yes. I, I've watched uh, all of season one and a lot of season two. So I thought. That, I mean, I thought it was, it was. I thought it was a great series, and I think if you if you don't even know Karate Kid, you could still right. watch it. Oh yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you've seen it, then you, it just every once in a while they throw enough of the old show back in. To be like, oh right, yeah, that's what this is about, and mm. I mean, but but yeah, so some of those like shows. Well, nine hundred two one zero was the one show that I probably that I was in high school, and the actual characters were in high school that I was while I was watching. So I do remember. Wait, like, so Dave, other, Dave, Dave, how old are you? Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm forty eight. But. Uh, I can st I can still play 38 on TV. I don't think I can anymore. But no, I don't, the only reason I ask that is because I was in university when 90210 came out. Well, you're like two years older than me, aren't you? Well, I am yeah, turning 50, so that makes sense. I was just in the beginning. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I was so, 10 yeah. years younger. I was in grade four because I remember my grandmother saw an episode and I wasn't allowed to watch it anymore. Friend who got right. an abortion or something. And I was, I was traumatized because the kids at school were watching it. I wanted the water mm. cooler talk sure them, and i was at a loss because my grandmother was like nope wow and she saw it i was i, I you, went, you went to a fancy school water cooler water school cooler. <laughs> they didn't have water it. coolers no but, it was in rexdale actually there were no water coolers the uh i, I just I, I don't know i just remember that show and i still it was still unrelatable to me at the time but yeah uh, i uh i did kind of tune into that just because every once in a while they would have a pool party scene and that was enough for me